Blog Talk Radio. everyone this is the rad reality show network we connect you to the reality stars you love and as always fans are encouraged to call in at 1-347-237-5506 please remember to press the number one key on your phone once you're on our switchboard that lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to our show from the switchboard I'm Cherry Garcia. Thank you so much for being here with us today for the Manic Monday Show. with our beautiful host, Michelle Costa, from Big Brother Season 10. She's also known as the Portuguese Princess from Providence, and she's also known as one of the reality stars who give back to charities just as often as her schedule will possibly allow. Michelle Costa gives back to charities in her local community, but she also travels wide and far to do charities, too. Let's play a little intro music for our host.
Welcome, everyone. Happy Manic Monday. It's July 18th, 2016, and our usual host, the lovely Michelle Costa, won't be with us tonight because she's spending a very special evening with her father, Papa Costa. So I wanted to play her her intro music anyway just to say we miss her, Um, but she's left us in very good hands. Um, She's asked Jason Roy from Big Brother 17 to step in tonight in her place. And I think it's a great time to have Jason back with us. So let's welcome Jason Roy from Big Brother 17 on air with us. Hi, Jason. How are you tonight? Good. How are you, honey? I'm great. I'm looking forward to having you hosting with us. And I can't wait to hear what what you think about what's going on in the Big Brother 18 house. Oh, well, you know I always have an opinion about that. But I might have to say, without Michelle, we today maybe should be rebranded Methhead Mondays because, you know, I'm here being extra crazy as usual. But um, I'm happy to fill in for Michelle. I'm going to miss her, um, and I'm happy she's having a good night with her dad. And I'm, I'm happy to fill in. So we're, we're down to talk BB in the weekly recap, and although it's been quite a week, honey. Oh, God has it. They've been doing some flipping in that house. Oh, it was. But, you know, that's that's classic Big Brother, what we like to see. There's blind sides that happen at Vito's, and there's blind sides that happen at eviction nights. And it was a classic vintage BB blind side, and it was great to watch. But the rest of the week onwards has been quite interesting in itself. So uh, we got a lot to go through. It's been a great week for Big Brother. I think that we have some real um, good gameplay going on. I mean, this year we've had a lot of messy gameplay going on as well, brother. You got messy players like myself, and then you got smart players like Vanessa or some of the people this year. So it's it's interesting to see the dynamics of this year and how it's all flipping around. I think that this year has got a lot of people that are playing very hard. So there's a lot of people going back and forth and showing this one, that one. I really, it's sort of been my, my, my season. There is no real alliance you can trust. I think everyone is every man for themselves, really, as you should be in Big Brother. So um, I think it's just been a great season to watch thus far, and I'm loving every second of it. It has but been. How was your weekend, Gary? Did you do anything fun this weekend? Any Anybody um, do we anything have- fun this we had sort of a, a peaceful weekend. Um, we got some relaxation in this weekend. We really needed it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I pretty much had the exact opposite. Um, my Big Brother Canada baby, Anil, was in Newport, Rhode Island for a wedding, so I spent some of the weekend with him. So my weekend was the exact opposite of relaxing. So with me and you together, Cherry, we just evened each other out, and we're in the perfect place. There you go. We're getting ready to have that that kind of week. My husband's taking all of next week off, and we're right. getting ready to have that party kind of time next week. So good. We're resting up for it. <laughs> My birthday is go. next week, and oh, happy birthday! We're getting ready. To have, thank you. We're getting ready to have the party next week. So. Yeah, very nice. We're resting up for it. Well, here we go. It's hotter than hell down here. I don't know about. 
where you're at, but it's we have heat warnings until ne- until Friday, and really? it's Monday, and there are we wow. have heat warnings for the entire week. You know that sounds it's, bad, but up here we would probably love that. Granted, we've had good weather this summer, so I shouldn't complain. But we would love a heat warning up here sometimes, honey. <laughs> I wish I could send it to you. <laughs> yeah, you're like. If I could blow it your way, I would. You know, I would. But um, let's sort of start with Michelle. Because of Mondays, let's sort of start where we left off on last Monday. Which um, it's very sad not to have Michelle here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run the ship as best we can. But obviously, last Monday we um had seen the Sunday episode. We saw that uh. Frank had won the road kill. And see, I'm so on this week. I'm like, actually, do I have this right? Yes. Frank had won you the road kill. You have sirens in the background for the road kill. Yes. <laughs> I went to, first off, I just went to Taco Bell before this. And so I'm in the Taco Bell parking lot. But I waited forever in the Taco Bell line. And then I realized while I was waiting forever that one of the employees was recognizing me. So instead of cooking my food, she came over to take a picture, which was perfectly fine. But literally, I came out to my car with my Taco Bell food five minutes before I called you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. All types of sirens. Oh, Lord. Oh, they're coming in the parking lot I'm in. Nothing's on fire over here. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Well, welcome the sounds of New England, y'all. The sounds of New England. I told you this was going to be meth head Mondays. We're going to have sirens in the background. Maybe a gunshot or two. <laughs> Welcome to Massachusetts. Oh my That's God, this bad. is cracking me up. <laughs> but yeah, so we've had a really good week in BB. Um, our nominees uh, were now I'm even forgetting who won the veto last week. See, I'm this is why I'm terrible at hosting. I need notes, honey. Um, Frank won the roadkill, which was the one. See, I'm even thinking about this week's roadkill. Mm. See, I'm terrible right now. But, <laughs> see, I'm like, forgetting everything. This thing about Big Brother is you only look forward, really. Whatever happens behind you, sometimes you're totally forgetting, and that's clearly what I'm doing right now. But this week, we had Bridget as HOH, which really was Frank running it, uh, assumingly so. And that's actually a really smart position for Frank to be in. If Frank can control Bridget that well, I'm not really mad at him because everyone needs a puppet or two. So um, the, it, what it really boils down to is they went to Target. Is Target on fire? Oh, boo, they got problems over at Target. Um, Target's Bridget, on fire? RJ must be on fire. I don't see no smoke or nothing. Or maybe somebody passed out there. I don't know what's going on, but he minds his own business. But, um, yeah, so it's been a really good week. It's really great when the HOH or the people in power don't get what they want. And in recent years, that's very unlikely. A lot of people are afraid to do last-minute flips, and they're afraid they just want to do whoever is in power what they say, which honestly in classic BB is like the worst thing to do because you know Bridget's not going to be HOH next week. So why are you going to listen to what Bridget wants? Everyone needs to play their game for themselves and their own agenda, and I think that's what we saw this week, although we did see the back and forth of Devon really trying to flip people to have Tiffany, Tiffany stay, 
everyone sort of agreeing but then deciding no and then later agreeing without Davon. So I think it's a sort of a big setup by a group in the house to flip the votes but also alienate some people from the flipped votes which would be the James and Devon. I know feed showed that they were filled in a little bit last minute about that, but I think the overall plan was to keep them out of it and do the flip by themselves, which I honestly thought was kind of crappy. Like if somebody comes up with a really great move in that house, you respect them for that move, and that's their move. So it was like Devon's plan that then they, they stole and said, actually – this is going to be the Paulie, Nicole, Corey, Zakaya, Michelle plan. When it was like, Davon had just told you that that's what you should all do. You didn't come up with this idea. But, um, you know, that's how the game works. Sometimes you got to try to push people towards the out. Sometimes you got to jump in. Um, I do think a lot of that group, I love Zakaya, but I think that she's just sort of a yes ma'am. She just says yes to whatever anyone wants. And, I mean, that probably will put her in, like, a Final Four spot because the yes people usually will lay around for a long time. But I think it was very interesting. And then James was one of the ones who didn't um, change it. So he went along with the plan. And then – and he voted to to take out Tiffany. It was going along with their plan to confuse Frank and make sure there was a five to four um, vote so that he didn't know who – who it was that changed their votes. And then after the vote, everybody sort of blamed James. And and that was like the – I was watching that going, are these people serious? Like he's almost like the last one you should blame. Everyone else should maybe point a finger at the the, the person to their left. Everyone should be blaming something different. It's kind of unfair that James has had to pick up a lot of that blame when really he was the person who actually voted the way Frank and Bridget wanted. It's, but, you know, it's, James it's is kind of a very good spot. Don't blame anybody, but don't blame James. I mean, don't blame, don't blame anybody, but don't point the finger at him when he, you know, he's exactly. just going along with y'all's plan and he didn't even change his vote. Y'all know that. And now mm-hmm. you're going to try to lay the blame in his lap. I just think it was really unfair. I I think it was smart for him not to change his vote for his own personal game as well, just to keep Natalie as tight with him as she is. So even if he knew what was going on and knew that maybe it was best for his game for Bronte to go and Tiffany to stay, I don't think that really mattered when it comes down to the social dynamics of it's more important that he keeps Natalie uh, in his good books. Right. But I'm actually loving James's game, which a lot of people are like, this is the thing about Big Brother. Uh, opinions change every day. I've had a lot of opinions about the views to the ones that I know. And um, I look at James like he's playing a very good game, a very subdued game, a very um, not-in-your-face game. I would probably say he's playing the least hard out of all the veterans, but that's actually the best spot to be in because you'll probably be the last veteran standing. So um, I think that even with people blaming him and saying that he's someone that flipped, I don't really think that it matters. And this is the thing about everyone trying to figure out who flipped. It's five people that flipped. It's not like there was one hinky vote that sent Bronte home. It would have been a clear cut unless nobody had flipped. So you can't really point the finger when you're trying to point five different fingers. 
Right. But it it was a blind side of all blind sides. Tiffany had the speech of a lifetime, although, you know, when you do those speeches, you're very in the moment, on the spot. You see Julie on the screen. So you know, like, this is, you only got however many seconds, and you better get it out. I felt like Tiffany got a little flustered. She was almost, like, stumbling and almost overexcited. Couldn't wait to get the full speech out. So I don't think it came out as eloquently as she wanted it to, but that's the great TV speeches. Long-term game, probably not the best idea to just have a reckless speech. You're probably better off to do the boring speech and just say, I love you all, na 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 But for entertainment TV purposes, for the Zach Rance Bible of how to be entertaining on Big Brother, it was exactly what she needed to do to appease the public because we loved it. I was Twitter loved that speech. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it was, was her best move for the people in the house. No. Um, no. They didn't love exactly. it. Exactly. We enjoyed it, but I don't think that it helped her game-wise whatsoever. So there is that fine line of thanks for making great TV. We enjoyed it all. But her smarter move would have been to keep that speech a little bit more kosher. I mean, you can always throw a pebble or a stone. You might have been able to call Bridget the Cabbage Patch Kid or so, but I think that she went on a little bit too much with it. And I was thinking, ooh, this is entertaining, but Tiffany, stop. Just mm, pull it back. Because you don't know, when I was getting evicted, like Tiffany obviously wasn't evicted, but when I was getting evicted, I had, like, the kosher Jason goes to church speech, and then there was a, like, Jason yells at everyone and insults their family speech. And I was never really <laughs> sure which one I was going to go with, but even if, knowing, even in that moment, that I still was going to go home, I decided to go with the kosher night speech because, really, when it's all said and done, these people do become your friends in the aftermath, or this game does end, and then you know these people on different bases. There's really no reason to go out throwing insults and stuff. Not that I really think what Tiffany said, like, to me, if someone called me a dictator or a Cabbage Patch Kid, I think I would just laugh, which is sort of what Frank seems to have done. He's sort of taken it and now made it almost an inside joke with him and Tiffany. But obviously that's because Tiffany has now fluctuated more to his direction because she obviously is clearly alone in the game. But this is this is my thing about the week with Tiffany. I love her. I met her. I was pushing for her just like I was pushing for Day. In this house, everyone is ostracized. When it's your week to go home, everyone avoids you like the plague. Everyone knows it's your week to go home. And poor Tiffany actually has had to deal with that for a few weeks now. So I could see how that's draining on her. But I was on the block like four weeks out of five, and I didn't cry for sympathy. I just felt like Vanessa's emotions and crying were her and her emotions and not necessarily using it as strategy. I feel like Tiffany has been crying and trying to use it as strategy with people, which can go two ways. You can get the people that are going to feel sympathy for you, but then you're also going to get the people that say, wow, look at how desperate this girl is to stay or win. And desperation scares people. My biggest flaw was that I was like, I'm poor as shit, and I'm desperate to get some money. The desperation of them knowing Jason's the poorest people here, he actually will kill us for $10, was not a good look for me. You know what I'm saying? You have to act like it's all not that 
important. You're just excited to do da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The more desperate you show that you are to stay, the more people are going, well, if they're this desperate to stay now and they'll throw this person under the bus to stay now, who will they throw under the bus later? Now, granted, that's a fine line in Big Brother. Everyone's throwing each other under the bus. Everyone's running around. I love my girl Day, but she hasn't had the perfect game at all. Her game has been just as messy as Tiffany's or just as messy as Frank's. But it's sort of a year where I think everyone's game is pretty messy, except maybe James and Natalie and the people who are really playing the background for now. But the way you get far in this game is you play the background for the first five weeks or so. I have a question for you. Of course. Do you ever do you ever go to Jokers and read like Jokers and keep you know, up with like feed stuff? Yeah. I try to watch as much live feeds as I can, like actually live. I'll usually go to Jokers. I'll try to skim and see what really looked like was some good stuff to go to. I'll try to flash back to that if I haven't already seen it. But the thing about Jokers sometimes is it's so much reading. So um, sometimes I actually was the biggest Joker supporter over Hamster Watch when I was on. But I actually find that I use Hamster Watch now more than I use Jokers, maybe just because they're on Twitter a little bit easier to read. But um, all of the blogs, they all keep you very on where it's going. You, my favorite part about Jokers really is the house guest ranking, though. I go to Jokers every day, even if I'm not checking up on the like time stamps of when people were talking about A, B, C, and D. I will always go and see where the rankings are at. Because those are like the interesting, that's the interesting to see where America falls in with the game. Because America is actually like the eight, well, in my season, they would have been the 18th, but here they would be the 17th house guest. I mean, they're not really a house guest, but sometimes we've had votes where America's opinion really does matter. And who America yeah. really does like or doesn't like or who they find strategic really does matter. So it's really interesting to usually see the fluctuation in people's opinions on some of these people. I mean, some of them, I'm a little bit like, you people forget too soon. Like, Corey's not at the bottom of Jokers anymore. That is terrible to me. He said a terrible, terrible thing. I don't think that he's the worst person alive, but, I mean, that's because Ronnie Talbot is still alive. So, um, (laughs) sorry, sorry, Ronnie. Um, uh, He... He is no, Ronnie, you are not as bad as Corey at all. You would never talk about burning a goat. Corey has said the faggot and the F word all over Twitter and now has said it on live feeds. I understand that everyone is from a different place. Everyone has heard different vocabulary their whole life. I'm not saying that that's any excuse for it, though, because I hate that. Oh, it's just where I'm from, or that's just how we talk out there, or that's not really that great of an excuse. And that can be said about me, too. I have a reckless just how we talk in New England. But that's really not an excuse for you to say blatantly ignorant things. I agree. So the reason I was I asking about um, Jokers, Jokers yeah. is I read something interesting on Jokers about Polly. And oh. it said that... Um, Polly told the HOH room squad that he learned before he would be doing Big Brother, Derek told him that no matter what, he's got to vote out Vanessa if she's in the house. 
his father right. then researched who Vanessa's sister was, and in yep. the event that she would be playing the game, he found pics of Tiffany online and showed them to Polly. So Polly right. has this preconceived notion about thought her, right. of 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 Tiffany before he ever even stepped foot in the house. Placed there yes. by Derek, well, the winner of Big Brother I know 16. Devon had that as well, especially from playing with Vanessa, but also I knew that she knew of Tiffany, knew what Tiffany looked like. So I think a lot of these siblings and alumni knew that Tiffany existed and that this rumor of Tiffany coming on was very possible. And if I was an alumni or a sibling or just a newbie and I heard Vanessa's sister was in there, it'd be a problem. She got to go because nobody could get Vanessa out in my year. But it's one of those things where, honestly, I thought Tiffany was going to be a better player than Vanessa. And, unfortunately, I don't think that she has shown that she is. I think Vanessa was much better at competition as much as she was emotional as well. I think her social game was way stronger. Um, So I'm kind of almost, like, disappointed in Tiffany because I thought she was going to deliver us so much more. And that's why I I think maybe she could have. I think her her, her emotional distress has caused her to be so broke down that she hasn't been able to compete or to be social because everybody's just ostracized her from the time she walked in the house. Yes. And I think that's and they didn't do that to Vanessa. She came in with the Vanessa Halo. She came in with Azure whether she told people or not. And it's hard to shake off something like that. But you know I still know that when I met Tiffany, she's a great girl. She does not deserve to be ostracized. But that's also just sort of how this game goes. Big Brother is the ultimate unpopularity contest full of high school evil people. If you can remember what... You can say that again. What? You can say that again. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like high school. As terrible as high school is, is how people treat each other in that house. And even if you aren't to the core of that person, you end up falling in line knowing, well, if so-and-so's going this week, what's the benefit of me being best friends with them? And that's why a lot of the time, you know, Davon's last week in my house, basically no one spoke to her but me and Steve. And then at one point, Steve even was like, I don't want to play pool with you. And she broke down, like, I have no one that wants to even speak to me. It's very quick that people will flip from one best friend to never speaking to you again. So I can understand how um, it can be, like, bogging down to always be uh, in the defense mode. But I spent my whole season in defense mode, and I didn't have an emotional breakdown. But everyone deals with their stuff differently. I mean, I know Michelle was getting on to James today because he was talking to Tiffany, and Michelle is so mad at Tiffany she doesn't even want James to speak to her. And now James is like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, just not speak to her just because she's going home. You know, I'm not going to do that. James is great for that. The week we had with Audrey where she was going home and she was even more ostracized than anyone in Big Brother had ever been in their entire life. 
James was one of the main people that was on it, checking on Audrey and making sure she's okay. Because even through all the games, you do have a real heart, and you actually do care about these people. I always thought that even if I'm going to vote these people out, I wanted to send out people with love. Like, I remember I was telling Jace, even his first, he had just yelled at us all and called us assholes while holding a Bible. And to me, that doesn't, I'm not, I'm not that, like, the Bible doesn't really mean much to me. So I wasn't offended by that. But I had to pull him aside and say, you know, for someone out there, they're not going to like that you're swearing at us, telling us we're terrible people while you're holding the Bible. So I was trying to send people out with, with, I know I'm about to vote your ass out, but that doesn't mean I don't love you and that I aren't, isn't going to give you what I think may be the good advice. Please, I let Jeff Weldon smoke like a whole cotton of my cigarettes, knowing he was going, knowing there was no game benefit of it, just because you're trying to send people out And knowing out you with couldn't love. get more. And knowing I couldn't get more. But, you know, part of, the, part of my plan was to quit smoking while in the Big Brother house. I didn't bring enough to last the whole time. I was hoping to be there the whole time. So my, my point was, if I do run out, I'm planning to run out eventually anyway. So what's the big deal about giving it to Jeff? I'd rather send him out with love. Because you're going you're gonna to make fun of them and harass them on their goodbye message anyway. Or whatever goodbye message is for me, <laughs> is probably the one that's going to play for them. So you might as well I be nice. You know. the show get Your guest is on our switchboard, babe. Is she is. Well, we have a very special guest today. And, you know, I'm barely even a good host. I don't know what I'm doing, but I brought in someone that I thought would be perfect um, for this week. She is the exact opposite, not the exact opposite, but we kind of, we're probably both biased in different directions. And I love her to death, and I'm very excited to have her to chat with us tonight because I know that she knows her BB, she knows her strategy, she knows her girl Tiffany, and I'm just excited to talk to her about what's going on in her life. So bring out the drum roll, the trumpets, the feather bowers, because we have Queen with a K-W-E-E-E-E-N, Audrey Mother Effin Middleton. Let's bring her up. I can't wait to have her on with us. Here we go. Audrey, thank you so very much for calling in. Welcome to the Rad Reality Show. You're on with Hi. Jason Roy. Hi. Oh, Audrey. I thought Jason was going to say, bring in the jug, because I just got my boots done. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, how are I'm you? There's a lot to talk about. There is. I knew that you would be the person that knows what's up, honey. Yeah. You know, it's a really freaking awkward week because, like, going into it would have been ideal if, like, Davon and Tiffany worked together. Exactly. And here we have almost the exact opposite. Yeah. It's a little, I'm a little biased. I am biased as well, and that's why I thought Audrey yeah. would maybe be the best person because I have been biased for Tiffany as well. They've been my main two. I say I know these girls. Those are the two. And I was always hoping that they were going to work out. And it's clear now that they're never going to work it out. So No. Um, no. And that's pretty clear that that's not going to happen. But we know that Tiffany was on your show, Sequester, right? And she ended up winning. Right. So right. we yeah, know she that Tiffany has got the strategy. She's got it. She's probably just as good of a player as Devon. I think that they're both just kind of caught in the whirlwind right now. Now, well, I have a question for you, Audrey, about Tiffany. 
do you think it's good that Tiffany has gone and aligned with, like, the Frank and Bridget's, or what would you have done in that situation? Because to me, I thought that's pretty much maybe the only place she has left to go. Right. I think it is the only place she has left to go, and I don't necessarily think it's negative, especially if she somehow survives this week, because if you think about it, Bridget and Frank both have more comps under their belt than anyone on Polly's side, including, excluding Polly. I think that Tiffany's downfall was that she, she genuinely wanted to come in this game and prove that she's not Vanessa, that she's not the same player as Vanessa. She wanted to play her own game. I know that she stressed that a ton. And um, it just, uh, by unfortunate circumstance, like people cannot separate the identities and they just see Vanessa anytime they talk to her because their freaking mannerisms are so similar. Um, And it was such a recent season. So it's like deja freaking boo. Like, her right. her thing is, is that she really was being loyal. Like, I think she really genuinely wanted to work with those girls and would have committed to them all the way. Um, I agree with but that. But I, I think that Devon was a little bit nervous about Tiffany in the beginning, and so maybe she played a little too hard too quickly when she didn't need to because there were trust issues there. Right. And now I think there's Devon still milk. And, about Tiffany too early that, she right. didn't have to do that. If you had mistrusted Tiffany, maybe start planting seeds about Tiffany now in week five. But to create alliance that early and then already start uh, a mistrust within it within the first couple weeks was just too quick, too soon. Right. And, I mean, yes, exactly. It it really was. And, honestly, like, all the rumors were on the Internet beforehand. You know, they both right. probably – were aware that each other were probably going to be in the house. And um, I think Devon was one of the few that Tiffany, like, actually hasn't had the chance to meet in person either. Because maybe That's if they true. had, it might have been different um, when they both went in. But Do you know it's unfortunate that... Do what? Did you know if Tiffany had met James? Because someone had asked me that, and I was like, I don't think so. Because when I met Tiffany, no. James and Devon weren't there. Yeah, I think those are literally the only two she hasn't met. Okay. Convenient, convenient. And Meg, and then I don't think she met Meg either. Okay. But, I mean, so Tiffany also came with a lot of sort of inside info about not, maybe not how this game works, not like on a production standpoint, but just on getting advice from people that have actually played, whether they played terribly like myself or whether they played well like Vanessa. I think that she has listened to a lot of people discuss this game, and she she knows what she's doing. I just sort of think sometimes you can be almost in the wrong cast, if you know what I mean. And I think yeah. that she just got herself in almost like the wrong cast, and she would not be able to maneuver through that group, except especially in a post-Vanessa season. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think if she was on a different, totally different cast, I think she would have yes. thrived and done so exactly. much better and played totally different. And especially if there was one more year between when she got to play the game. Um, exactly. It sucks that they're against each other, but, like, who knows? Maybe she'll get – I think right now it seems like Tiffany's going to get the boot. Maybe she'll come, win the buyback and come back in, and her and Devon can reconcile and, like, officially start from scratch. 
because I feel like scenario. But yeah, I'm actually I, thinking that Tiffany may not even go again this week. If we saw what happened to Bronte last week, all it takes is really poorly to decide something, and everyone falls in line. I don't know who crucified Paulie on a cross for everyone's sins, but apparently he's the only person who is making the decisions in the house, and whatever he approves goes. So if, if, yeah. it's, if it's a long week, he you very think quickly. Do you feel like it's, like, a little bit personal with him? Like, he really stresses that she's Vanessa's sister when, like, she has not done anything to him. She literally has not done anything to him. And I just feel like... It should be working that knowing that she's the other sibling. It's almost kind of like twist rivalry in a sense. Or I always say if you put, like, two gay men in a house or two super fans, they want to be the only one. I'm going to be the one gay. I'm going to be the one super fan. I'm going to be the one sibling. So I think even with him knowing that that's Vanessa's sister, I think if they put in Sheena's sister, if they put in someone's terrible sister, I think he would still want that person out so he can be the sibling. Right. It's kind Jason? of unfortunate. Yes. Yes, Sherry. What can I do for you, darling? Um. I just wanted to let you know that we have a caller on queue if, in the switchboard if you guys would like to take a call from a fan anytime you guys are ready. Yeah, sure. Sure. Wonderful. Wonderful. We have April from Tennessee on the air with you. Go ahead, April. Hey, hey guys. How are you, Jason? Audrey, hey, how, how are, are you? you? Hi. I'm good. I talked to you, Jason, a couple of months ago on the show. Yeah, I just you want, did. I, just, I remember. Awesome. How you guys doing? Good, good. Dressed good. <laughs> I just would like to know how sick and tired of you all are hearing Vanessa's name on this show, BB-18. She's not even in there. She's not even in there, but I think a lot of I'm people so think that she is. I want her to be in Pandora's box. I saw a tweet where it said, yes, can I someone please put too. Vanessa in Pandora's box with Polly? That, yeah. that would be that awesome. Would be amazing. That would be actually, the most amazing thing ever. It would be so good. After Dark posted something last night saying, which BB-17 would you want to come back and sabotage the house? And there was a lot of people saying Vanessa. I think that... Yeah. Uh, Throwing Vanessa in would maybe make a lot of these people see that Tiffany is not Vanessa. They have a very different aura about themselves. Yes, I mean, very different. And I just feel so bad for her because she's getting the rap for it, but yet Polly is not getting called out at all whatsoever for being Cody's brother. Well, no tea, no shade. If Cody played as well as Vanessa, we might have that same scenario. But Vanessa is really one of the best people to ever play. So yes. I think it's sort of like if Dan Giesling has siblings or if Dr. Will's brother, if these, it's, it's the caliber of Vanessa that I think scares these people. Wow. And I feel huh. like that's got to, that has to feel like so bad for Tiffany, you know, like she just wants to be her own person and have her own identity exactly. and people respect her for her own you know, gameplay and being herself, and now she's just constantly in this person's shadow, and it's just it's not there. Exactly. I, I feel so bad for her. You I know mean, who like won that poll when they asked who, who 
uh, they wanted to go back in and terrorize the house, don't you? Um, they they ended up saying me too, but I wouldn't terrorize them. I just annoy everyone and call them trash. I'm not I'm not gonna no plan and no sabotage. Now Vanessa could come in and plan some stuff. Your That's phone is a genius. little. Oh, Jason, your phone is a little bit hard to understand. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm in a parking lot that's on fire right now, you know. There we go. Now we can hear you much better. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I think yeah. Vanessa would be great at a Pandora's box coming in, and that might co- sort of give Tiffany a lift up as well to show, like, you know, no, look, see, we are two separate people. Vanessa's here doing that, and I'm here being Tiffany. Because no one wants to live in anyone's shadow. But although Paulie seems to be okay with being just Cody's brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just he, I just wish oh. people would exaggerate that a little bit more because he's a sibling too. And I don't know, I just feel so bad for Tiff. Like on the feeds, I mean, like she's sitting there playing, um, you know, games with a stuffed animal, you know, because right. nobody wants to talk to her. I just, I don't know, I feel bad for her. She's not I was literally in tears. I was literally in tears when I saw that. I was, too. I was, too. I mean, I was, too. I just feel so bad for her. It's like she's not done anything like Vanessa did, you know, no way, shape, or form. And I just think she's getting the raw end of the deal here. And I I hope she stays this week. (laughs) You know, in my dream, dream world would be Natalie goes this week. I know that's very unlikely. But at this point, yeah. I'd rather see the Devon versus Frank style continue with Tiffany being really the weapon that both of them are, were or are trying to use. But yeah, I, I mean that game, that would be that would be good. That'd be my dream scenario. But Natalie has no shot of going home. I don't no. think. There's no shot. Well, actually, aren't her and James kind of like on the rocks right now? Well, at um, the moment. I that earlier, it seems like they're kind of pulling from each other, but I don't think that's enough for these people to say, well, then we don't need her anymore. Yeah, but you know, you know how James sometimes is, like, if he gets hurt enough. Yeah, this is true. If he, if his feelings <laughs> are hurt enough, he'll be done. Yeah. What's your, now, Audrey, what's your thoughts on Paul? Yeah. Paul with the you know what? At first, I thought he was kind of like a likable asshole. I start he started to grow on me. He started to seem like he was figuring out the game a little bit more. But I I think maybe just because I'm biased, I hate him more now because he's like genuinely getting pleasure out of making right. stuff up. And, yeah, yeah, and being rat and stirring the pot and not considering like how it is emotionally affecting this other human being. Right. Exactly. And honestly, like I think. We have a lot of people this year that are okay with doing that. I see a lot of Michelle and Zakaya. I do like them, but they they do make a lot of more personalized attacks. I think yeah. these people are much more ruthless or not afraid to say the real cruel thing. We're in my season. We all weren't very nice to each other, but I think a lot of people were good at stopping it before it got too far where – even I was watching live feeds earlier, and Michelle was saying that Natalie's boobs got wrinkled. So Natalie's got fake boobs. So does almost every girl that's ever on Big Brother. Who cares if her boobs has wrinkles? Like, there's no what need the for you to say that, Michelle. Like, it's, but, you it's know like what? a her body people, her other people, crap. 
hurt people hurt other Body people. Body shaming is not something that's cool ever. I ever. think anyone would say that's just not oh, cool oh. ever. No. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. anyone with a decently high emotional IQ can see that Michelle is, like, insecure as F. Like, she is yeah, super right. insecure. Yeah, did you all see yeah. last one on the feeds where she was bawling because she was scared that Tiff was going to stay? She was like, I just am so scared she's going to stay. And, and how I was funny just, it was that she was one of the main ones last week that wanted Tiff to stay. How fickle exactly. can people be? I know. I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. I'm just, I just can't, I, I'm to the point where I'm like, really, I don't even know if I want to watch the feed. And I have never not, not, I felt that way. I mean, I've been such a fan all of these years and never wanted to say, oh, I want to turn these feeds off. But it's, I just, I don't know, it's grueling this year. Exactly. Well, you know, yeah. it's hard to see someone have to go through you know, Audrey knows firsthand, and then we all watched what Audrey go through, and that's when we were realizing, wow, this is like past game. This person yes. is really going through something right now. And that's why I thought Audrey would be such a great, great guest because she is Team Tiffany, just as much as I am Davon's PR agent. Uh, Audrey is part <laughs> of Tiffany's PR, you know, machine. And Audrey knows firsthand a little bit about how how being ostracized in that house can actually feel and how alone you can actually be, even though you're living with however many damn people. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we were in a real-world scenario, it'd be like, okay, well, screw these people. I don't need them. I can just move on with my life. You know, they weren't right, in that like life I'm before, going you're trapped. Yeah, you're trapped in that house. There's nothing you can do. You walk someone's direction, and they just walk away, and you are forced to, like, I mean, there's literally nothing you can do besides blanket. Right. right. Besides blanket, which is still like I have been waiting for Tiffany to rip out a blanket. I'm like, do it, girl, just for the meme, do it. <laughs> I, I'm glad she at least got up, you know, this past week and fought a little bit because she was, you know, really getting under the weather, and you know, I could really see just her heart breaking. And at least she, yeah. you know, she she's trying to she's she's going out with the swing at least, and. Then, I don't know. Yep. I, I I hope she makes it through this week. It'd be it'd be a great. It would make it a much more interesting season if she could survive this week. I mean, it is great. Right. She's better off giving it a swing. But I think Audrey sort of knows too. You sort of know when your jig is up in there. You sort of right. know when you may not have any cards left to play and that you're screwed. So you know, right. when I was up post veto, I knew okay, I'm screwed. There's nothing I can. I could queef out babies for all these people. I could buy them all a house, and no one's going to vote for me to stay. So that's where it becomes a little bit like you just get depressed mode and you just want to sleep because you know there's nothing you can do until wait till you meet Julie Chen anyway. So it's good to see Tiffany trying, but I also know how that feels of knowing, like, you're trying, but is it going to turn out for you? Probably not. Yeah. It's not looking good, but... I'm, I'm keeping hope. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm very team day. But I, have I know. Tiffany. I have supported Tiffany, although Davon has showed different qualities that we didn't see in 17, but she's also been there, I think, double the time now. Ooh, great right. question. Audrey, what day were you evicted? I don't know what day, but I was there for, I mean, we were all there an extra week, so technically five weeks, but I was booted week four. Oh, okay. Well, because I was trying but to figure out the date. 
But Glenn, well, I just know I was out day 43. So I was trying to figure out, well, I don't think they're at day 43 yet, but they're already going to be about to be on the 5th of Dick D. But I think the whole Glenn thing is really what just throws that off. Right. Yeah. So I have a question. So this next person that gets evicted this week, that's the yes. last person for the buyback, right? That and is the last person like, for the buyback. It seems like Tiffany will only have – I'm, like, saying as if she gets out, which I hope it doesn't happen, right. but if she gets out, whoever gets out will only Scenarios. have to beat, Yeah, they will only have to beat one person to get back in. Right. But Glenn which would is have the had best to beat spot. Everyone. Now, if, okay, so they only think, compete against one person, not the not the not the other four. You just have to beat the one person before you. So Glenn and Jose will compete against each other. Whoever wins out of them will compete against Victor. Whoever wins right. against Victor will compete against Bronte. So honestly, if Tiffany is the last person, she does have a very very good chance to come back. So that's why I'm almost partially hoping that she gets evicted because I expect to see her back and I know that if Devon is evicted this week she probably will not be able to win her way back in over some of these boys and stuff where Tiffany you give her a good puzzle or something and you know Victor and all them can like kiss their chances goodbye right as long as it's not physical against Victor (laughs) I don't know right yeah Uh, I hope he does I I hope she does get back in if that's if that's the case. The, I mean, because right. I mean, if she was to survive one more week and they're still going after her, then she has no shot of getting back in. Exactly. So it's almost better that if they're going to take a shot at her, it's better they take it at her this week and give her the second chance than forcing her to be the first member of jury with no chance. Right. Right. Now. Audrey, well, thank you for you calling me a little April. bit like you hate this battle back because I'm mad about battle back, honey. Oh, I'm so bitter. I'm like, mm-hmm. where was this when we people? had all the exciting people, all pre-jurors? <laughs> Do you know what it would have been for me, Davon, and Audrey to all battle get back in the house, honey? You could have done a whole spin-off show. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. It would have been great. Especially that would have been like, great. Great house together. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, no problem, honey. Great to meet you. You have a nice night. Thank you, but, April. Yeah, that, that, the battle back. You don't want to be the bitter person that goes, oh, damn, why did we have this twist or that twist? But Audrey, honey, we both could have used that one, girl. I know. That would have been great. I mean, they stopped the takeover. So they could have at least, you know, found something like that. They could have brought that, right? Yeah, them takeovers that we just were like, okay, we don't know when those <laughs> happen again. Now, um, how do you feel about the team's twist this year? Are you a fan, not a fan? You know, I really liked it at first. And then there are mm-hmm. things that I obviously don't like about it because there's a majority alliance who can just kind of yep. control everything, so it takes the fun out of it. But what I do like about it is there is an unpredictable nature, like Frank being safe this week when everyone gambled that he was for sure, like a sure bet to get out. Right. It used to be um, just, if they don't win the HOH, we can get them out next week. But now it's not just that. Now it's, you could be safe because of this. Almost sort of how Battle of the Block would make people safe, even from being backdoored for the week. So it is interesting to see how it plays out. But I looked at it like I thought Devon, when she picked her team, was making a smart decision. I thought she'd pick, like, 
people that looked like hot mess game players, like the Jaces, that like, okay, Jose, obviously, like, you're going to stay longer than him. You'll probably stay longer than Paul. Like, I thought she was going to be the least of the targets on that team. But when it, right. then once game day really starts, then you start realizing maybe you shouldn't have picked the people that you'll stay over in a vote. You should have picked the people that actually can win these cops. Because that's why Frank's been safe so long, is that Paulie's a cop beast, pretty much. Right. Absolutely. Now, um, Audrey, is it weird to watch some of these cops that you know you've seen on the inside to watch them from the outside? It oh, is. I mean, I didn't get yeah. to participate that many. But, right, um, yeah, no, well, me too on some. But, like, the, this veto that um, Bridget won with, like, the exploding paint, I was just having flashbacks of looking at cannons with paint in them and stuff. I said, uh-oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, it is. It's kind of sad because I'm, I mean, I would love to be back in there. I know you'd love to be back in there. So it's weird to, like, watch it from the outside. But it's cool mm-hmm. to, like, have a friend to root for, right? Exactly. It, it gives, I would be watching Big Brother till they cancel this, till Julie Chen retires, till Jason is old and cripply and walking around with a walker. But it is very different when you actually know these people, you've met them, you have a real connection with them. Like, you have these people's phone numbers. So um, right. it, it, it adds a whole new element to it, where usually you find your fave and you support it. But, like, this year, like, you're all pissed me, I'm all dated on. Our faves are actually our friends that we know. So it adds a whole right. new, another dynamic to watching. You know, like, when our families watched us on it, I, my, they all came, when you come back, they all tell you, like, how stressful it was or they were watching this, watching that. I almost feel like I am in the friends and family circle of watching, you know, my sister play this game, and I'm worried about right. it and watching it like she's my family. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. I've literally cried, like, four times for Tiffany. It's bad. Oh, uh, girl, it's it's brutal, and she, and I feel so bad that she has had a tough time, but I said it on Twitter yesterday. I do feel like she's using the crying in as a strategy. Even when you were having a tough week and crying a bit, Audrey, I didn't feel like you were using that as strategy. You were still playing the game. Oh, I will, I, will, well, I will totally admit, like when we had the big half-not drama, all of that was strategy. Like that was oh, complete strategy. But then I yes, was just like, like, Jesus, these people are kicking me and kicking me down further. Like, I can only take so much. And, yes. I mean, when you're in there, you have to kind of like, I mean, I was in the deepest of holes. Like, right. I I mean, I just had to do what I felt like I had to do. And it got me a little bit further, just not far enough. But she could be, right. I don't know. I think that she's genuinely upset because she really did trust Day. But you know, I think Davon um I think Davon's mistrust with Tiffany rolls all the way back to Vanessa, just like Paulie's yeah. just like a lot of these people. So it's almost like Vanessa came in with an unfair disadvantage to begin with. It should have been an advantage to be a sibling in a twist, but right. with the connotation of Vanessa, it really scares people. Right. I know so that uh, very un- Davon said she was worried that Tiffany was playing my game too. I think she said that like the first week, first or second week. Was playing your game. Yeah. 
So maybe there were some preconceived notions too, like, oh, well, she's friends with Audrey. I wonder. She's friends with Audrey. Well, maybe Audrey could have said sister. or something. And I just, right. When you the first couple of weeks, you are scattered, and it's sad, but it's really yeah. Sad. It's just so sad right now. So sad. You know, what it really boils down to, of regardless who goes this week, we said it all in this house, this is a show filmed in a parking lot. Julie Chen doesn't burn anyone <laughs> at the stake when you come out. No, Like, no one is going to lynch you when you come through those doors. Even if the crowd boos you, you're in front of them for, like, four seconds. Who cares if they don't like you? You know? So I hope that even if it's Tiffany's week to go, or even if it's Davon's week to go, which would be sad because I'd like to see her do... 80 times better than she did in our year. But whoever time it is to go, once you're out of that house, it is the biggest breath of fresh air you've ever had in your life. Right. The minute those doors close behind you, you can let it all go and say, whatever, I can finally just sort of like be me and enjoy life. And I think for Tiffany, she's gonna, if she stays, she's going to have a very hard summer all long, all year long. Tiffany is not going to have an easy road to the end of this game. So, but do you, think, the- do, you think, do you think there's a chance that it could be like, because you know how BB karma, some like power shifts go. Like Tiffany exactly. gets out, she wins the buyback, comes in, she's safe because she misses HOH. And then say like Frank wins HOH. Like I could see something like that actually happening. I could see, like, that would be a very easy way for it to shape up. That'd be classic BB flip and how it works. And she would be in a good spot then. That's why a lot of the times, especially being the last person evicted and then coming back in a buyback, I said this about Johnny Mac last year. Those people felt like Johnny Mac never left. He walked out and was back in 10 minutes later. So the shortest amount of time that you actually spend outside of the house, the better off you'll be. So if Tiff leaves for two days and then comes back and then Frank's in power when she comes back, Tiff's going to be in a really good spot. Right. For at least a week. For at least a week. Right, for at least a week. Now, other than, obviously, we're talking a lot about Tiff and Damon, if you had to put some poker chips behind one of these newbies, who would you be rooting for, Audrey? Feel like that's a hard okay, one. so it's it is kind of hard. It changed. So at first right, it was Michelle. A bunch. Okay. At, at first I would have put see. it behind Michelle. Okay. And this is gonna sound so stupid, and I'll probably get like tons of hate for this, but I'm kind of like <laughs> feeling like I'm figuring out Bridget's game a little bit now. Like I'm kind of thinking I she's think not I am as too. bad. Yeah, she's not as bad as people are giving as her the, credit for. Right. Honestly, when she she was talking today that she had only watched the seasons with nurses in them and then really said that that was just season six and season seven. But when the minute she said that, I thought, wow, Davon kept saying she has a very similar game to June. I wouldn't say that her game is similar to June other than she does a lot of cooking. I would say that she might be more on a I learned from Maggie. Yeah, something like that. She, I, at so, first, I definitely thought it was, like, weird that she's so giggly and so smiley, but she's being so damn consistent that I'm starting yeah. to think that that really is her persona. Exactly. And, That's really her personality. 
it rubs people the wrong way, but I think that she's genuinely not trying to do that. I think she's really trying to just play a game. She knows she has to make certain moves and not step on anyone's mm-hmm. toes and just do what she has to do, but people just love to right. hate her. People people love to hate her, but people were loving to hate the spy girls in general. And actually, mine I was very like I don't I don't really think this girl's got anything to offer was Natalie. And I'd actually sort of flipped that and said, well, I don't know if Natalie she's not the best game player. I mean, she's no Vanessa. She don't really even know the game that well. She's probably very low on a game player scale. But when we know how this game works out, and in the long term of things, I think she's probably in a good spot. I don't think I understand her game like I'm understanding Bridget's game, but I think that's because Bridget's game is much more thought out. Right. But I think me, that's it's all about the girls. Frank's a bigger target than her. This is, that's true. And if you're going to be, you never want to be the leader of anything. You want to be the person second in charge, if anything. So Bridget's in a good spot because if somebody. In a classic, like, coup d'etat, Jesse and Natalie moment, uh, Frank's always going to go before Bridget does. Right. And the girls hate her because they can't beat her. That's the truth. That's why the tie is the I think she might be one of the best female competitors of the year. Because we've really yet to see any of these girls really conquer anything. And I thought that's what Tiffany was going to do. Better at a lot of these comps than most of the girls. Right. Right. And I mean, the now, her, her age was totally luck, but the other one was not. It was completely right. logic and but, uh, memory. That's how BB goes sometimes. Sometimes it's about luck, and it's about that you win that HOH on luck. That's just how it shapes up. So Honestly, luck is I a very important factor. I think Big Brother's 90% luck. I think Steve I has even too. said that. He's just very, very lucky. Yeah. You have to really, it really all boils down to luck, and a lot of the luck, as I say, um, on who you end up in, in your cast with. So that's why I think Tiffany could have maybe done amazing in a Big Brother 21 cast, but with this group, she just couldn't. You know, I sort of felt that way when I walked in there. I had all these plans. I said, I'm going to I'm gonna be the gay glue to the female alliance. And then I walked in there and was like, actually, I don't vibe with a lot of these people or a lot of these girls. So that's not going to work for me. So it's all really down to luck on who you're in there with, how the cops seem to go, and really how human dynamics flow. And sometimes that's all luck. Because we don't, you know, Steve was very ostracized in our house for the first couple of weeks. And that actually was to his benefit. It didn't seem like it in that moment, I'm sure. But in the long run, he won. So he didn't really do anything wrong. It all fell into place, and he was lucky enough to get there, you know? Right. Right. Well, I have a couple of questions that – Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Audrey. I have a couple of questions that were sent to me, and I'm going to ask them to you both. Okay. Um, This one is a little – I'm going to have to read this – if Frank, Bridget, and James, if you were James, would you toss the HOH or would you take it for yourself? I would take it if I was James. But um, I don't know. What would you do, Audrey, if you were James in that scenario? I mean, honestly, James would not be the target whatsoever. And right. he could He'd not be on his hands and let Frank get some, a bigger target out for him. And then Frank can't compete next week and he could just 
with Bridget because it's only competition. We know right. he's a competitor. I think it'd be better to probably just give it to Frank and just chill. Yeah, that's you probably have the smart strategy. But knowing James, he's a very, very loyal person and player. So if he was truly afraid that Frank was going to come for someone that he is more loyal to, then I think he would try to win. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Yes. Okay. And then who do you want to see come back in the battle back? <laughs> well, not win the battle back. We don't know who. Let's say that they're going to do it with these four, and we're not going to count anyone out this week yet because whoever probably goes this week is probably the person I'd like to see back. But Jose, as much as he is the craziest, most annoying, <laughs> insane person in the world, he actually was enthralling for television. He really made people speak about him on the internet and stuff. So throwing him back in the mix, he'd be gone probably a week after that. But it would be a little bit of a time bomb, and we would have an interesting week of everyone going, this crazy motherfucker is back. We got problems. Right. Absolutely. Just for, like, comedic purposes, it'd be so funny if he came back, the Messiah came back. Can you picture their reactions? Just picture Day's face if he walked back through that door. I think they would be like, what the hell? It's almost as random as Glenn coming back. Right. Well, I met Glenn's wife in New York City, and she was a sweetheart. So part of the personal part of myself on just why I'm supporting Tiffany and Devon, because I know them, I would almost like to see Glenn back because she she deserves that. Because Look, her, look what she's going through. Her, she's stuck at home without her man, and her man ain't even on the damn show no more. So, I know. Uh, that's and I'm, I'm curious what kind of game he'd play. Because if you think about it, he has no ties to anyone. He could just come right. in the house and then free totally agent. Flip it. Yeah, right. free agent. And so, you know, I would free agent like is a good spot. Yeah, I would almost like to see what his gameplay would be like. Right, because we don't know. Just like we would never know about Jody, what kind of game player she would have been, what we have never seen it. We don't know about Glenn, and either do these house guests. And that's really will throw them off as well. Because, you know, if Jose comes back, first off, he'll get back because he's proved he's good at cops. So whoever does come back is going to have a target still because they're probably going to explain the concept of the battle back to the house guests, and then they will then realize, but this person just did five or six comps to get back into this house, and most of us can't even win one. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine poor Glenn how long he's been sitting in a hotel room. That poor guy. <laughs> uh, honey, he's still getting a check. I wouldn't be that mad. Yeah, that's true. He is. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what type of comps they have for this battle back. And um, I'm I'm honestly hoping that they don't do them in the house, that they do them somewhere else. I know that all the comps are usually done in the backyard, but if we flash back to season 13's pre-jury buyback, and Brent, Brendan was given all the answers by Rachel, so Luan didn't really have a chance in the first place, but he certainly wouldn't have a chance with Rachel telling Brendan all the answers. Right. So it will be interesting to see. I'm excited for the battle back time to come. But Me we'll too. see how it goes. Me too. Well, I wanted to say um, 
thank you so much for letting me call in. I have to actually run now because I have a dinner mm-hmm. that I have to get to. Oh, nice. But I'm really glad well, we got to catch up. Well, thank you for It's fun. Yes. This is so stressful. I want this week to just get over with, and then let's I know. see the battle back. Um, well, but I, I can't down it. I really, really like this season. I think yeah. I actually kind of think it's better than our season, to be honest. Uh, yeah, me too. There's just more curveballs. There are way more curveballs, way more twists, where ours is a little bit more locked up and we knew what, how it was going. Right. But exactly. thank, thank you, Audrey, Audrey thank for, you, so you know, much for calling in. I am hosting Sherry with me. Of course. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, honey. Love you. You have a great night, too, babe. Love you. Bye. Oh, what a great guest. Yes. We have a great group this year. I love Audrey to death. Thank you very much for coming on with me. I knew that she would be a great person to give the other side of um, this week because really this last two weeks we've had um, Devon versus Tiffany versus Frank and vice versa and backwards and forwards and the snozzberry tastes like snozzberries. So um, I think that she was the perfect person to give us more of an insight into Tiffany, especially that she played um, Audrey's game and won. So actually, shout out Audrey's sequester game. I don't know if she's doing another season, but all your listeners and the peoples on the Internet, go look up Audrey's sequester, apply, because it's, guess what? If you're one of these DB fans who might want to be on this show one day, You've got to put in some work in studying. And a lot of the studying you can do can be actually playing those online games like Audrey did and like Audrey Run. So um, I would say look into that because that it might help you quite a bit for your future in the DB house. So very true. Very, very true. You know, I, I put in a lot of studying and work, but I really hadn't done any of those type of things. And, you know, looking back, I said, maybe I could have done some more of that because that's actually playing with people instead of just knowing the historical knowledge. So if you, if BB is your thing and you listen to this and study this like I did and like lots of players before me did, then maybe give it a try, look into sequester and try to really verse yourself for when you get there. Because like we've seen, um, Tiffany won that game and is not doing so hot so far in our game. So you never really know how things are going to pan out. You have to be as versed or as fully well-rounded as you can. That's so true. And but go ahead. I just think this this season, like you said, has been there's been a lot more twists. And I think it's yes. keeping them a lot more on their toes than very much in past seasons too. And it has there hasn't hasn't been as much downtime, you know, no, as there we've not. seen in before, in seasons past. Yeah, where there was a lot of downtime and a lot of just sort of uh, I don't know, just. I think it helped not a little bit going on. that they right, not enough going on. Well, they know sort of what the twists are this year. I mean, they don't know about the battle back, but they know they're in this team scenario where in my year we just sort of the takeovers left, so we thought there's got to be more going on, there's got to be this. 
we had a little bit more of a secret twist type of year, and they had a little bit more, this is the concept twist. So it's always interesting to see how that plays out, because in my year, we pretty much just speculated that so-and-so must have been America's player, or this, or that, or that. And I'm not seeing that same type of speculation this year. What I am seeing, though, is a lot more bodies moving in different directions. We don't have people just saying, this is my team and sticking with it. We have people saying, this is my team for Tuesday. If something changes on Wednesday, guess what? I got a whole new team. I'm going with them. And that, you know, classic DB is sometimes, I don't want to quote someone way, way, way time ago, but I believe it was Jerry uh, no permanent enemies, no permanent allies. And that's the best way you can play this game, truly. Boy, so I think a true. lot of our, what, <laughs> what the interesting twist seems to be this year are that these people are playing no permanent allies, no permanent enemies, and they'll take out their grandmama if they got to. And I'm not mad at them for it. Hey, that's a lot of money at the end. That's a lot of money. And, you, you know, for most people, they have never even come close even a little bit about that money. I've never even had like a thousand dollars in my bank account. So for me, a half a million is like I can't even count that high. So these people are willing to do what they need to do to win, and that's how you win. You know, yeah, everyone wants to be good friends. Everyone wants to be loyal to the people they want to be loyal to. One of my biggest flaws in the game is that I just was like, these are my friends. I'm not going to do them dirty. What I should have been doing is. These are my friends, but if they got to go home before me, that is perfectly fine. But it's personality safe. Some people are, you know, I don't want to say martyrs, but some people will lay on the tracks for their friends, and some people will push their friends in front of the train. No pun on Becky. But, you know, um, it's, that's just how it goes. And I think this year we have a lot more people that are willing to push others in front of the train before laying down on the tracks themselves. Okay. You know, and... and- fact of the matter is, it truly is a game, and those people can be your friend once you have a half a million dollars in your bank account. This is true. And it, it might even show <laughs> that for sure, we were, a lot of us were not friendly, and now I can't say that there's not one person on my cast that I would say, I hate them, I'm so not friendly with them, I'll never speak to them again, da 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 So, regardless of how the gameplay ends up shaping up, once it's over, it's really over. And then these people are just people that you know because you've lived with them for however many days. And that's when the real relationship starts. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, I you know, I always say on this show, that's when you should really judge somebody because you really shouldn't judge people on how they are in the house. That's the most unnatural exactly. environment ever ever on the planet. I mean, right. you, you know, you're in a house with complete strangers. People that you cameras know on you 24-7. Right. Right. People who are your competitors. Um, you've got all your comforts taken away from you. You know, everything is just completely unnatural. So you're not going to be your Yourself. complete true right. self. You know, yeah. so and you, you know can't it will send you into negative tailspins. Like you can become much more catty and much more bitchy right. because there's really nothing else to do but to talk about other people in that house. So sometimes it's like, wow, these people are so cruel the way they're talking about someone. But sometimes you just lose sight of the, the show that you're being filmed or that this is a game, and people just gossip and talk crap. 
but most of us are not that terrible and catty on the outside world. Most of, I'm sure Michelle does not come off always the greatest, but I'm sure she's not like that in person, you know? All these people that do, when you live in that house, you see people's good and their bad. And as much as sometimes... And I think outside, a lot of times... The bad is multiplied by 10, you know, or sometimes right. 100 in, in that house because, you know, they don't have anything else to do but sit there and concentrate on sometimes the negative of, you know, what's going of on in the other house. people. And, exactly. Yeah, and and so and it, it just eats away at them. And the fear right. and the, you know, the paranoia eats away at them. And it all becomes just so their whole world of paranoia and and fear of getting evicted and that kind of thing and and it just eats at them and so they do and say things they normally never would say on the outside you know and that's why I say never judge somebody on how they are in the Big Brother house wait until they're off the show and then see how they are see what they do with their lives see you know if they're doing charities and if they're you know being kind right. in, in the real world and then judge them. Don't judge them on the show because that's just not a yeah. natural environment, you know? It's not. It's not, but, you know, that's also part of the, the whole show's even fundamental basis back to UK and Australia and these countries that the public vote these people out. I mean, that's what it really boils down to is the show is all about judging people, and it's unfortunate that that's the world we live in. Every day we judge people whether we mean to or not, you see the person on the corner looking crazy. You say, that's a crackhead. We all judge, we all have prejudged notions about each other. But um, in that game, it just makes it so much worse because you can't then just drive away and go, oh, maybe that person isn't a crackhead. Instead, you just chime on and chime on and chime on. And um, that's where you can really lose sight of the real world. But you can very easily be institutionalized in there. If you believe that's your life now, then guess what? It, that's your life now. Yeah, it, so, it's a real tough situation to be in. And I, I commend people who can go in there and be in that house for three months. I certainly couldn't do it. Um, so I commend you. Oh, come you, on, Jerry. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I honestly couldn't, Jason. I could not go in there and be in there trapped for three months. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I hear that from a lot of people, but I'm like, I think a lot more people could handle it than they think they can. But then again, you know, some people, their emotional um, stress levels are a lot lower than others. And pretty much in there, you're emotionally stressed all day long. So if you are not good at dealing with that, you're better off for saying, I'm just going to watch this at home because I'm not trying to have anxiety attack. Like, I got white hairs now. Frank's not even a ginger anymore, probably because of his season was so stressful. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you uh, that long ago, when do people age better, 10 years? I'm one of those people that's better watching it from my couch. Um, right. I couldn't handle that kind of stress and be away from, from my family and my dogs and Mm-hmm. I, I, just I think that's a lot of stress there too is being away from your family, and that's why I actually say a lot of the time people want the older um, demographics. They want a really different sort of like looking group, or they want everyone represented. But this isn't really a game for adults with children, and 
who wants to miss three three months of their kids' lives, especially if your kid is elementary school age where they're really going through and becoming a an adult or a person and, and really their personality is showing through and that's when you need to be there to shape your children. And so a lot of the times well, I don't it's know like, if that's so much true, but look at Rennie, like when they had Rennie in the house. She right. was so much fun. You know so much fun. And and when like season ten I think the average age was like 33 people. or something. Yeah. Yep. And I that believe was such almost a fun all their season. girls were almost, yes, it was a great season. And But I believe they said on that season, they're like, this is why they picked like 31-year-old ladies because they're all at the time when they're like losing their mind. Um, I got like best friends that are like 55-year-old ladies, and like I don't think they lost their mind when they were 30. So that also could be just <laughs> casting, but. That was one of the best seasons, and they actually have a much higher average age than almost every other season. So, so it's, I don't know. I would like to were, see it a little more, a little more diverse in the age. Um, yeah. Than they have it, have had it in the recent years. Um, right. I mean, I was they thinking haven't. on hoping seeing someone older. I was thinking that if there was someone older, I would probably, like I said, one of my best friends is a 55-year-old lady. People, we see us together and think, what the hell? Are you, all, are you dating? Are you her son? What the hell is going on? So age really doesn't matter when it comes to personal connections. And a lot of times, that's a sweet spot to be in the house. The older person becomes mom and dad. And uh, mom and dad are very uh, down in pecking order usually. It depends. A, a lot of times, like in Big Brother and Survivor, the older people get, you know, kicked out first. Um, it depends right. on in Survivor, another personality. Sort of and first, right. The first couple of weeks in Survivor is mostly working as a team. So you see how the, sometimes the weaker maybe are perceived as weaker older people are easily targeted. But for yeah. Big Brother, a lot of the times the people like Victoria, who couldn't win anything, got all the way to the final three. Jerry, who actually could win things, was still there for so long, got down to final three. And I think his age was sort of a factor in why are we going to kick him out? You know, they these young kids underestimate these, uh, these real grown adults. Not saying that 27-year-olds aren't grown adults. But they don't have the life experience or knowledge that people like Rennie or Jerry even have in their pinky or their thumb. Right. Both of them were so much fun in the house, too. You know, they offered a lot in their personalities. Um, Just had a lot of fun in the house. And I think if you get an older person that can bring that fun factor to the house, then... They're, they're going to stay around a little longer than, yeah, they're, they're not going to get booted as quickly as somebody that, you know, an older person that just sits around and, and offer right. a lot, you know. Um, exactly. But I would like to see them bring that back because they haven't had that. And, and that, I think they tried to with Glenn this year. And right. what happened? <laughs> he didn't make it It even, just happened to be, yeah. They just happen to make it one of those years where it's about comps at the beginning. And it's kind of unfortunate that even um, probably one of the most um, old, older people we've seen since Glenn was probably Jody, And she went out the very same way of this first day is all about comps. It's not about voting. And that's really the worst type of twist 
for an older person because the kids just go, well, I don't know. I think we all did this faster than so-and-so, so I guess they'll leave. Or if we can all beat Glenn at Coconuts, I guess Glenn's out. And it's unfortunate because you don't really know what type of comps those people would excel at. All these comps are very different. They're all built for different types of people. There's no one that's going to be able to win everything. There's no one that's not going to be able to win anything. Well, we've seen people not win anything, but they're all acceptable enough that whether you have the IQ of nine or the IQ of 999, one of these comps is going to fit with what you're good at. So there's really no telling on whether those people are going to be strong competitors or not. And that's almost why I'd like to see Glenn back, because I want to see him maybe compete in something and see what Glenn can actually do. Yeah, and some of the camps, like you were talking about, about earlier, are simply luck. You know, right. like bouncing a ball into, you know, the numbers. And, All luck. But, you know, but, you know even yeah, we, it, did the, we did the beer pong, as much as that is a crapshoot in its luck, there is a little bit of a strategy of where you chuck the ball, how you hold the thing, how you bend. So the, you, as much as some of them are pure luck, some of them do have a, if you can formulate how to win, you can beat a luck comp using your formula. So I don't think right. anyone necessarily did that this year with, you know, tennis balls, but, because uh, you never know where a ball is going to land. But uh, yeah, like a lot of them are purely based in luck, even based in luck on who who you might be competing with against for a veto. You know, some vetoes are like this person would kill that, but they didn't get picked. Right. Yeah, so you just Uh, never know. The dice one is is like a lot of people have figured out the algorithm on how to to do the dice one. But it's really hard luck on who you're there with. Or Austin did that on ours. He was unlucky that he did that comp because he could barely fit in the dice. He was too damn tall for the dice. So it's like some of these are just not up some people's alleys, and some of them are right up other people's alleys. You have no idea, and that's the beauty of when that when that garage door or whatever the hell it is comes open, you see what the cop is, and you go, oh, oh, this is it. You have no idea what to expect from them, especially with we have the new comp guy this year, Trevor from Big Brother Canada. He's helping out um, doing our comps as well. And I think that we have new comps. So new comps, but I feel like what he brings isn't necessarily new comps, although he does, but he brings sort of a fresh way of how to do the comps. We have a lot of the same concept comps that we've done for years, but um, Trevor brings in sort of the fun, like, let's put them all in dog outfits. And I feel like he's the one who makes it a little bit more Freshening them up a little bit, yeah. Right. Freshening them up, it makes it a little bit more silly to watch. It gives it more of a distinct theme instead of just saying, like, this is an outdoor scene. We put a bunch of trees in the backyard. Um, so it's, I'm thinking that he has brought great things to this year. I'm really liking that we've already seen some new different cops, and yet we've seen some classics. Right. But so, yeah, it's been a I good think he's adding so quite a bit to it. I, think I agree. I, I can't wait for Friday to find out, you know, who's going to, come back from battle back we'll find out who's going to be the fifth person 
um, on Thursday. Yeah. And then on Special Friday will on be Friday, the right? yep. first ever battle back competition and find out who's going to walk back in the house. Now, I think, and tell me what you think about this, Jason, but I think that once somebody walks back in the house, I suspect that the teams will be done. Right. And that'll probably be, yeah, I think they'll probably be a very lengthy um, competition that will be, um, like the the next HOH endurance returns will be like an endurance, right? right. The endurance teams will be competition done. Will be, every man for themselves. How long you're gonna right. hold on? And that's where we're gonna have the person that may have just won the battle back come in, and they know that they need to win that one HOH, or they're really in a bad spot because they just walked in and saw all these people that voted them out however many weeks ago. So um, that's what I'm hoping for. I'd like to see the team thing end. It's worked thus far. It's made a new element to the game thus far. But I think once you get into jury stage is when we need to go to classic BB, every man for themselves, two nominees. Well, the roadkill could stay around for a little bit, just sort of like they did Battle of the Block for like a little bit longer than we did it in my season in season 16. But so I'm not expecting Roadkill to go anywhere, but I am expecting the teams to break up after Battle Back. Now, let me ask you this. Somebody asked me if I thought um, there would be any possibility of the person that wins Battle Back and comes back in the house, if they might be um, safe for that week. Do you think there's any possibility of that? You know, I have thought about that in some seasons and series and other countries and stuff. If they bring people back or bring people in late, they'll usually say they have a week where they can't be nominated or you have safety for the week. I don't know if I'm expecting that. I'm almost expecting, and it probably wouldn't go like this, but the real way to make it amazing was whoever wins Battle of Back walks in and is the HOH. You put everyone in the backyard thinking they're going to go play an HOH comp, and instead we have Glenn standing there going, okay, guys, I am the HOH. So um, that would really make sure that we are safe for that week. And then maybe we'd see some gameplay out of people that we really didn't because they were always on the minority side of the power. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I doubt that they will go straight to that, but, you know, I would like to see whoever does come back do more than they did when they got kicked out. Because I don't think anyone that's an amazing game player or the leader of anything, I don't think we've really lost a main character yet, but I'd like to see someone come back and maybe become a main character when they weren't previously. Now, if Tiffany goes this week and she comes back, she's been a main character, she'll continue to be a main character, so it really wouldn't matter. But we really haven't seen too much from people like Victor or even that much from people like Bronte. Not that I really expect Bronte to be able to beat most of these boys in these comps. But again, it's luck. You have no idea what this could be. They could go out there and they could all be doing square roots to get back in the house. You have no idea. And they were saying that Bronte is supposed to be in really good shape for 
for a girl, even though we we didn't see a lot of it prior to her right. you know, being really evicted. See her, right. We didn't really see her do anything, but I would say that she's probably in better shape in a better competitor than some of these other girls. I mean, not Bridget, who's, like, clearing up most of the, like, for the girls. But um, I would say that Bronte is a better competitor than Natalie is. I would say that Bronte is possibly a better competitor than a lot of the returnees. I mean, Nicole actually won quite a few cops in her year. She won the HOH the first one, but that wasn't really because she won. It was more like she was chosen to be the HOH. So we haven't really seen her be able to prove that she's still really great at cops. So it would be interesting to see what kind of power Bronte holds in a competition. I guess we'll find out Friday who comes back. I guess we will. On Friday night is going to be a very exciting. I'm going to be tweeting and yelling. and um, It's good to see Big Brother on a random night of the week as well. It's, it's nice that we're having some special Friday night episode. Um, I'm here for that because, you know, we get so stuck on the same schedule. We know what's coming every Sunday night. We know what's coming every Wednesday night. None of us know what's coming on Friday. And that is exciting in itself. So true. So true. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And you're going to have to come back on and talk with Michelle Costa and uh, Oh, of course. Join us again during the season. Anytime she's fine. I'm like, honey, I'm here. Awesome. Okay, well. Are you so, about ready to wrap it up? Yes, I think we're about ready. I think, you know, we pretty much opinionized the whole week. I'm glad we had Audrey to bring more of um, a side to Tiffany that we may not have heard. And I've had a great time um, doing Meth Head Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved your special effects at the beginning of the show. It made me laugh so oh, hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I love having Audrey on. Thank you so, so much for inviting her to join us. That was such an unexpected treat. I really adore her. And I had no idea she was coming on tonight. So that was so special. I you know, just think the I world of her. I talked to Michelle and said, I'll see if I can find a guest. And I was going to call Meg. And then I'm going to say, Meg don't even really probably know what the hell's going on on this season. Let me call someone that I know knows her stuff. And that's Miss Audrey. She is not new to this. She's true to this. Well, I certainly enjoyed hearing her take on things. And I, I just think the world of her. So thank you so much for having her come on. And she's always welcome to come back as well. Anytime she has anything to promote or she wants to come back and just talk to Big Brother, she's always welcome. So let her know that. Um because oh, I, I didn't exactly tell her that before she left. So let her know she's always welcome back on the Rad Reality Show. I thank her so much for coming on. Jason, thank you so, so much for stepping in for Michelle tonight. It's been a blast having you, and you're always, always welcome here as well. You've got to come back and talk Big Brother with Michelle again before the season ends and talk about what happens on Friday and talk about this crazy show, as we always do. So just thank you so so much for tonight and all the times you come on and talk with us about Big Brother we appreciate it so much well thank you for having me Cherry always welcome here 
We adore you, Jason. And uh, I'm going to wrap tonight's guys. show up. Oh, we okay. Do. We adore you. Absolutely. We're going to wrap tonight's show up with Ron, as we always do. And I want to wish everybody out there a wonderful week. Take care. And here is Ron to take us out for the night. Everybody, make sure you don't forget to watch Big Brother on Friday night for the battle back. Here's Ron to take us out. Good night, everybody. God bless. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. It's always a great one on Manic Mondays. Everybody, be kind to each other out there. There's so much meanness in the world today. Just be kind. God bless everybody. Take care. Good night. That's a wrap.